Welcome to the Monday edition of Transformation Radio. Hi, my name is Greg Schaefer, 45 from Marshall Courthouse, Ohio. Uh, came to the refuge because pretty much hit rock bottom due to my drinking and uh, pretty much lost everything, my family, job, everything I had. God brought me to the refuge through my parents and their pastor. And since I've been at the refuge, uh, my eyes have been opened again to the relationship that I can have with God. Seen him work in ways in my life that I've never seen before, and uh, I hope to continue this path that he's provided for me and look forward to the future that he has in store for me. And now it's time for our reading in the New Testament, and today it comes from the book of Luke, chapter 20, verses 1 through 26. Let's take a brief overview and commentary on what we're going to be reading about today in the New Testament. We'll read about a group of leaders who wanted to get rid of Jesus, so they tried to trap him with their questioning. If Jesus would answer that his authority came from God, if he stated openly that he was the Messiah and the Son of God, well, they would accuse him of blasphemy and bring him to trial. Jesus did not let himself be caught. Instead, he turned the tables and he turned the question on them. Thus, he exposed their motives and avoided their trap. And then we'll read about the parable of the vineyard that Jesus gives. And the characters in the story are easily identified. Even the religious leaders understood it. The owner of the vineyard is God. The vineyard is Israel. The tenant farmers are the religious leaders. The servants are the prophets and priests God sent to Israel. The son is the Messiah, Jesus. The others are the Gentiles. Now, Jesus' parable indirectly answered the religious leader's question about his authority. It also showed them that he knew about their plan to kill him. Now, quoting from Psalm 118, verse 22, Jesus showed the unbelieving leaders that even their rejection of the Messiah had been prophesied in Scripture. Ignoring the cornerstone was dangerous. A person could be tripped or crushed, that is, judged and punished. Jesus' comments were veiled, but the religious leaders had no trouble interpreting them. They immediately wanted to arrest him. Okay, the word broken conjures up uniformly negative images. Broken bones, broken hearts, broken toys. You don't want something you value to be broken. Conversely, in God's dictionary, brokenness is not only good, but also essential. He uses only people whose hearts, volition, and pride have been broken. Jesus gives a double warning. And now with that backdrop, let's begin our narration today here in the New Testament. April 20th, the New Testament, Luke chapter 20, verses 1 through 26. One day as Jesus was teaching the people and preaching the good news in the temple, the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders came up to him. They demanded... By what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right? Let me ask you a question first, he replied. Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven, or was it merely human? They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask why we didn't believe John. But if we say it was merely human, the people will stone us because they're convinced John was a prophet. So they finally replied that they didn't know. And Jesus responded, Then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. 
Now Jesus turned to the people again and told them this story. A man planted a vineyard, leased it to tenant farmers, and moved to another country to live for several years. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent one of his servants to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers attacked the servant, beat him up, and sent him back empty-handed. So the owner sent another servant. But they also insulted him, beat him up, and sent him away empty-handed. A third man was sent, and they wounded him and chased him away. What will I do? the owner asked himself. I know. I'll send my cherished son. Surely they will respect him. But when the tenant farmers saw his son, they said to each other, Here comes the heir to this estate. Let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they dragged him out of the vineyard and murdered him. What do you suppose the owner of the vineyard will do to them? Jesus asked. I'll tell you. He will come and kill those farmers and lease the vineyard to others. How terrible that such a thing should ever happen, his listeners protested. Jesus looked at them and said, Then what does this scripture mean? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Everyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone it falls on. The teachers of religious law and the leading priests wanted to arrest Jesus immediately, because they realized he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers, but they were afraid of the people's reaction. Watching for their opportunity, the leaders sent spies, pretending to be honest men. They tried to get Jesus to say something that could be reported to the Roman governor, so he would arrest Jesus. Teacher, they said, we know that you speak and teach what is right, and are not influenced by what others think. You teach the way of God truthfully. Now tell us, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? He saw through their trickery and said, Show me a Roman coin. Whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, he said, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and give to God what belongs to God. So they failed to trap him by what he said in front of the people. Instead, they were amazed by his answer and they became silent. This is a brief commentary on what we'll be reading about today uh, here in Psalms. Psalm 89, verses 1 through 13. You know, our feelings may be as obvious and painful as those expressed by the psalm writer here, but they're never the complete picture. In fact, our feelings are usually very unstable. When we bring our unedited feelings to God... We allow Him to point out where they're incomplete. Now we're in trouble whenever we give our feelings divine authority or assume that God cannot handle what we feel. Praying the Psalms teaches us to bring God everything about us and trains us to experience His presence even when our feelings tell us otherwise. Now the writer of this psalm we're about to read was close to death, perhaps debilitated by disease, forsaken by friends. But he could still pray. Perhaps you're not so afflicted, but you know someone who is. Consider being a prayer companion for that person. This psalm can be a prayer you can lift to God on his or her behalf. Psalm 89, verses 1 through 13. A psalm of Ethan, the Ezraite. I will sing of the Lord's unfailing love forever. Young and old will hear of your faithfulness. Your unfailing love will last forever. Your faithfulness is as enduring as the heavens. 
The Lord said, I have made a covenant with David, my chosen servant. I have sworn this oath to him. I will establish your descendants as kings forever. They will sit on your throne from now until eternity. Interlude. All heaven will praise your great wonders, Lord. Myriads of angels will praise you for your faithfulness. For who in all of heaven can compare with the Lord? What mightiest angel is anything like the Lord? The highest angelic powers stand in awe of God. He is far more awesome than all who surround His throne. O Lord God of heaven's armies, where is there anyone as mighty as You, O Lord? You are entirely faithful. You rule the oceans. You subdue their storm-tossed waves. You crushed the great sea monster. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours, and the earth is yours. Everything in the world is yours. You created it all. You created north and south. Mount Tabor and Mount Hermon praise your name. Powerful is your arm, strong is your hand. Your right hand is lifted high in glorious strength. Proverbs chapter 13, verses 15 and 16. A person with good sense is respected. A treacherous person is headed for destruction. Wise people think before they act. Fools don't. And even brag about their foolishness.
Scripture reading is from Nehemiah chapter 8, where we find that all the people had gathered to hear Ezra, the scribe, read from the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. He read from it before the square which was in front of the water gate from early morning until midday, and all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. For he was standing above all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. Then they bowed low and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Then Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go, eat of the fat, drink of the sweet, and send portions to him who has nothing prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. 
Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. All the people went away to eat, to drink, to send portions, and to celebrate a great festival, because they understood the words which had been made known to them. How is it that two believers can sit in the same pew, hear the same sermon about the same portion of Scripture, and walk away with two different reactions? One is joyful, and the other is unaffected. The reason is that, most likely, some people do not know how to listen to the Word of God. Nehemiah chapter 8 is an amazing scene of God's people coming together to hear His Word. Remember that they didn't have individual copies of Scripture to read. For generations, the events of Genesis through Deuteronomy were passed down from parent to child. Moreover, the people had been in captivity for many years. This was the first time most of them heard the word read. Imagine their excitement as they listened attentively for the Lord to speak to them. The Israelites were hungry for God's word. Are you? Do you listen eagerly and with an expectant mind and heart? The length of a person's attention span is directly related to the intensity of his hunger for something. If you crave to know more of God, then your mind is going to be fastened on what he's saying through your pastor or your personal reading. And the reality is that nothing in the world matters as much as what the Lord has to say. So many things clamor for our focus, but few truly deserve it. The Lord is worthy of nothing less than our undivided attention. He has something to say to every person. So whoever listens to God's Word with an open heart and alert mind will receive from Him.
cause you was on Made in his image You were made for more You think there is no plan That it's all by chance But don't believe that anymore Every time that you wake up breathing Every night when you close your eyes Every day that your heart keeps beating There's purpose for your life So don't give Expected is a word today, and it is a great word. Annie White from Las Vegas, Nevada, is a trainer and facilitator. Annie, are you a coach on my team? I hope you are. Because we're developing an army of coaches across America, and if you're not, I need you. Join my team. We need people that are wanting to make a difference. And the word you submitted, Annie, expected, oh, what a great word it is. And yet, I have watched a lot of people, and their expectation has diminished. The phrase I use is their expector has expired. <laughs> Do you know people like that? Um, you can just watch them. They're defeated. Uh, they have a sense of obligation. There's no lightness. There's no joy. There's no spring in their step. So when I look at the word expected, I think of the person who says, well, I've been there, done that. I didn't expect anything, already done it, already understand it, nothing to learn anymore. And then there's that person, that, that person who never loses the wonder, never loses the curiosity, never loses the hope. They kind of live in what I call an expected state of life. Annie, that's exactly where I want you to live.
shake your face tonight. If that's your cry, just lift your hands. God, we've come to meet with you tonight. Our soul cries out to you. Our flesh cries out to you. We want to know you. We want to encounter you in a deeper way. Just lift your voice in your own words. Begin to lift up your hunger. Lift up your hunger. Lift up your voice. God, let us be a known as a generation who seeks your face. Let us be known as a generation who calls after your name.
that does it for today's podcast. Thanks for listening and make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.